there have been a few crying moments where I'm like, I can't do this. I think about this hockey life, I think for me emotionally, right, this time around, it's definitely a lot harder because obviously Derek can't be here for the birth. I think that's taxing on both of us, like not only me, on him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I'm not the first hockey wife to go through this. There are definitely a lot of hockey families, probably some listening right now, who have gone through this and their hubbies haven't been there for the birth because he's either on the road or they're in different countries. So I know this happens. And I feel like us girls, that's just what we do. You know, we do what's best for our families in these situations that aren't ideal. Um, and we, we hold the pieces together. And at the end of the day, we seem to get our shit together no matter what. (laughs) So I feel like us girls, you know, the other half, it really takes a special person and it requires strength and compassion and a little bit of compromise here and there and really a a resilience. What gets us through this crazy hockey journey is our amazing community of women. Inspired by our online network, Breaking the Ice is a platform created to connect us even more as we share our stories, our passions, our tips, tricks, do's and don'ts for all things hockey, and so much more. For hockey expats, buy hockey expats. So lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. What's up, you guys? Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are talking about being pregnant in this pandemic. And I'm really excited for this one because Katie Jocelyn came on the episode for this. And we really spent the whole episode swapping stories, sharing experiences, and really just kind of spit firing questions off of each other. And Her and her husband made the decision as a family that she was going to come back to Canada to give birth to her second daughter, and he is playing hockey in Austria. So that was a really hard decision for them, and I I can't even imagine having to make that difficult decision, but like she said in that little intro clip, you really have to, you know, choose what's best for you and your family in these sometimes hard circumstances and situations that were put in through hockey. I feel like everyone's pregnant right now. I think every time I log on to my podcast page, I feel like I see five to seven pregnancy announcements a week. And it's so exciting. I love seeing those. And I just know so many of you guys are pregnant right now and kind of navigating this situation as well as Katie and I. So I think it'll be a really interesting episode. And if you're not pregnant and you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to listen to this. It's actually really funny. I mean, I may be a little bit biased, but... I think it's a good one for sure. Today has been a very tiring day, another day in the life of being pregnant in a foreign country. I kind of talk about this a little bit in the podcast, but when you're about 25 to 28 weeks pregnant, they have to do this glucose testing to test you to see if you have gestational diabetes. I didn't really know much about it. All I knew is that, okay, I have to go in, I have to get my blood drawn, and I can't eat or drink before. So my mentality the night before was, okay, well, I'm going to pig the F out and eat at like 11 o'clock p.m. because if you're pregnant or if you've ever been pregnant in your life, you know how hungry you are in the morning. It's like the second I wake up, I have to eat ASAP or it's it's not a good situation for anybody. 
So I knew this going into it. So the night before, my husband and I made burgers. I was snacking till like, yeah, like I said, 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And I go in and I take this test and they take three different tests. So the first one, it's your fasting blood. And then after that, you have to drink this really sugary drink. And then you take a test an hour after and two hours after. And the first one, my fasting blood was the last number I could get within the normal range. So what they do over here is if that happens, they send you back and you have to keep track of your blood for a week. Long story short, I was told by my doctor to go to this location with no address and no phone number. The receptionist didn't speak English, but my doctor just said, you need to go, you need to pick up this machine, and they're going to give you this guideline to follow, basically. You kind of have to, like, uh, have a particular diet for a week, and then from there, we'll know if you have it or not. So we actually had one of our Austrian friends make us the appointment because they didn't speak English, and it was at 7.30 this morning. So we got there, and... They didn't let my husband in. Um, And in the meantime, I only had a banana, which I could have eaten. I could have eaten, but I thought I was just picking up a machine and we would be on our way. Anyways, I was basically there for three and a half hours and (laughs) I started like feeling like I was seeing double. I was like, I need to eat. I need to go back to sleep. I'm so tired. And it was just a very interesting experience. Um, Like I said, just another day in the life of trying to figure out the healthcare over here and how everything works. To be fully honest, it has been a challenge for me. I think that it's a challenge for anyone. You know, you do hear that healthcare is so good in Europe and that kind of thing. And sure, that might be true, but I think that you have to play play a part that you don't speak the language. You're always asking people if they speak English. You're trying to figure out that language barrier. And for me, I'm someone, and I, again, I speak to this in the podcast, like I just, I'm someone like, give me a checklist so I can know exactly what's, what's happening. And they definitely do not do that over here. So you really have to do a lot of work on your own. It can be highly stressful and, you know, I'm just trying to navigate that the best I can, definitely with the help of my friends Um, one of my friends came and picked me up from the appointment today because my husband had to leave and go to practice. So we were just, you know, trying to figure that all out and really grateful for just, again, communicating with all of you guys over Instagram. If you followed along on my little polls this past week, I was asking you about if you've been pregnant in this hockey life or if you've been pregnant in the pandemic. For those that opened the stories, 90 of you guys said you're pregnant right now. And that's a lot. (laughs) So I know a lot of you know what we're going through. It was about half and half compared from if you're stressed out right now or if you're not stressed out. Majority of you guys are waiting until postseason to go home to see your families with your new baby. And I know that's really hard. And I know that's kind of like a disappointing feeling not knowing if your family can come out not only to meet your new baby, but also to be a support to you and your husband and help out with those new stages with postpartum. So I feel you on that. Um, Hang in there. And that is really the beauty of FaceTime is that it's the next best thing. You're not in person, but there's people that you can lean on and count on and and definitely a space and community for advice and anything that you need and questions that you have. I asked about the language barrier and 
majority of you guys actually said it was great. And I would say about a third of you said it was less than ideal. Um, I was definitely one of those people that voted for less than ideal. That's just, that's just hard for me, you know? And I think it kind of depends on your personality. I think for me, it would help if I knew German because then I could somewhat understand, but it's more of a frustration when I feel like I don't understand situations or why things are happening. And some people handle it really well. Some people think it's part of the adventure and part of the culture. And that's, that's awesome. I need to be more like that. I need to be more like you. You know, it's just something that is, that I struggle with. Has your husband had to miss the birth due to hockey or COVID? 84 of you guys said nope. 11 of you guys said yes. Did you try to plan your pregnancy during the hockey season or the summertime? Not by much, but... I would say there's 20 more votes that you guys planned your pregnancies for the summer. And yeah, I mean, I think I have to see personally how everything plays out just with the birth of my son. But for me and trying to navigate this pregnancy overseas, I'm not sure I would do it again just for the calming aspect of everything. I know COVID definitely plays a part, Um but yeah, I think it's just, it's kind of comforting to know when you're at home and people speak the language and can really break everything down for you without there being that language barrier and that frustrating aspect. But again, to each their own. Have you ever had the fear that your husband would be on the road when you go into labor? 114 of you said yes all the time. 26 of you said no. For the 26 of you that said no, please send us what you're doing that's making you not worry about that. <laughs> Unless you had your baby like in the heart of the summer, that I understand. But oh my gosh, if you have any advice to not stress out about this, please let us know. And I would be more than happy to share with everyone because I know a lot of us are on edge about that. Did your husband have to leave quickly after for a game? 48 of you said yes. 60 of you said, I got lucky. And I asked, what are your biggest pregnancy cravings? This is a funny one. I feel like mine change every single week. Like I will just randomly get this thought. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need this particular food right now. I wouldn't say my pregnancy cravings were are super crazy. In the first trimester, I was craving waffles and coffee ice cream, which is part of the reason why I was thought I was having a girl. At literally everything pointed to that I was having a girl and everybody thought I was having a girl because I think just I'm so girly that it was just a natural, <laughs> a natural guess. But yeah, they say that you crave sweeter things when you have a girl and more like salty, I guess, things when you have a boy. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But that was definitely really random. Coffee, ice cream, I never even eat in normal life, like not pregnant. So that was funny. But some of your responses cracked me up. Someone said they were craving butter. Like, I need more. I have more questions about that. Like, do you, is it just butter? Like a, like a scoop of butter or butter tasting things? So I need to, I need some clarification there. Honey Nut Cheerios. Yes. So good. Um, Diet Coke. Chips. A lot of you guys said fruit. Tim Horton's veggie sausages. A lot of you guys said things you weren't allowed to eat. So like sushi, wine, definitely feel you on the wine, especially when it's hot out. Like I crave a nice cold glass of white wine. I don't know why. It just sounds so good. Yes, someone else said waffles, cupcakes, 
ice cream, ramen. Few people said ramen, actually. And then this one was really interesting because I asked, what are some things that you wish people told you about either pregnancy or labor? And some of the answers were like kind of terrifying. However, I'm someone that likes to be prepared for any situation. So I'm always asking people about, I'm that person that's like, how was your birth? Like what happened? What was your birth story? And I just want to know, you know, what I'm in for really, even though you really never know what to expect. Um, A lot of people talked about postpartum and just that recovery and how it was a lot harder than actually giving birth, which I thought was interesting. Um, you know, and I've heard that obviously we've done, you know, had a few conversations about postpartum and what that's like. People talk about just being sore. This one was like, you know, not ideal to read is that epidurals don't always work. Sorry if I'm breaking that news to you, but yeah, that's, that's, that's a no for me, dog. Um, yeah, that would not be a good, that would not be a good situation. Your body's built to deliver a baby and you'll get through it no matter what. I love that. I think people, a lot of people struggle with breastfeeding. Someone said, do not look with a hand mirror after you've given birth. Wow. Um, I'm not going to plan on doing that. And actually, someone said, bring a small fan with you because pushing makes you sweat. So Amazon is your friend for that. Um, And then... Final thing was I asked what made you feel most supported postpartum? And I actually read these to my husband and was like winking at him the whole time. I'm like, oh, the husband made all the meals. Wink. (laughs) Um, But yeah, there were some good ones. I think just like having support from your family, from your husband. A lot of people talked about having a postpartum doula. And that is something I'm looking into doing over here. And I guess what they do is they really come and They'll like take care of your baby while you're taking a nap or a shower and make you dinner and take your dogs out or clean your apartment. And I know that you have a couple of meetings with them beforehand and kind of like figure out what your needs are and really get to know your personality. And I think that is so great because when the guys are gone and you're in an apartment complex by yourself with this new baby... If you have dogs, if you don't have dogs, it's just like, uh, okay, see you after the game. Like, I think especially that first time that you're alone with your baby will probably be really hard. And so I think having a postpartum doula is a really, really good idea. And I think like even if you could set that up while your husband's gone and then when he's here, he can help you. But yeah, I love that idea. Right now in Europe, they're not allowing doulas in the actual delivery room. I know it's the same back in North America too, just because of COVID. I think you can have like one support person. But yeah, the postpartum doula is definitely great. I know also in Europe, they have midwives that come to your house to check on you, make sure everything is okay. A couple people said, talked about how the nurses showing them how to care for their body postpartum, um, showing them how to breastfeed postpartum family telling them it's okay if they couldn't breastfeed, getting sleep. Yes, that's huge. Friends and family reaching out to ask about the baby and the mom, having support systems. So these are all really, really good ideas. And I loved hearing about what you guys had to say. Um, And yeah, to kind of wrap my intro up so we can get into this fun episode, Katie Jocelyn is married to Derek Jocelyn, and he plays for Salzburg in Austria. And we've kind of chatted back and forth over Instagram throughout our pregnancy, 
more so in the recent months. And I knew I really wanted to do an episode on being pregnant in this pandemic. And I didn't want to do it alone because I figured (laughs) I didn't want to talk for an hour straight and figured you wouldn't want to listen to me talk for an hour straight. So I asked Katie to join me and I'm so glad I did. I felt really inspired by her. She has such a great outlook. She's so positive and I'm super excited for you guys to listen. Katie, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm so excited to talk to you. And I don't know about you, but I've been asked so many times about what it's like being pregnant during this pandemic. And I am just excited to swap stories and compare notes as well as being in a different country. So thank you for coming (laughs) on today. (laughs) Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So before we get into that, will you just share a little bit about your hockey story and your family? Absolutely, sure. So I am married to Derek Jelson. That's my hubby. He is a defenseman. Um, and we have been together for, oh gosh, uh, eight years now. <laughs> um, and uh, he's been playing in Europe uh, for the last, this will be his seventh year playing in Europe. Um, so he's, he's pretty much spent half of his career in North America and half of his career in Europe. Um, we are from Toronto, Canada. And we have a daughter. She's two and a half. Her name is Elizabeth. And we have our second on the way, of course. <laughs> and she's yeah. due end of October. Um, yeah, we, we absolutely love playing hockey in Europe. The experience that we have as a family, uh, we honestly wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. We love being able to travel and see the world. And, you know, it can be a daunting task every year moving, you know, countries and being away from family but we really love playing in Europe and hopefully it lasts for a few more few more years here yeah. after all of this COVID stuff gets cleared up right <laughs> um I just wanted to say we're in Austria right now we play in Salzburg and I know you guys are in Austria as well too right yep yeah so I'm curious if we have like similar situations or things that have happened over here with the healthcare. I think I asked you this and you had your first daughter back in Canada, right? Yes, right. So she she was born in June and we kind of, we timed that and that worked out perfectly. But of course, um, we tried to time the second one and that didn't work out so well. So um, she's being born during the hockey season. Yeah. So was your prenatal care over in Europe when you were pregnant with your daughter for the most part? It was, yeah. So we played in Munich at that time and I absolutely loved my experience there with my OB. He was amazing and he he kept making jokes that everyone on um, the Munich team was like super fertile because all of us were pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, I think there were like six of us going to see the same doctor at the same time. but he was so awesome and I loved my experience being pregnant there. I think compared to being pregnant in Canada, I loved my experience in Europe so much better. I feel like the care was better. They, um, every time I went to the doctor's office, I had an ultrasound. So like every four weeks there was an ultrasound of the baby. And I also got hooked up to those, um, you know, machines where they measure the heart rate. Um, So I just felt like all in all, I had a much better experience in Europe. I think it was funny though, because 
his office was sort of open concept. So you go into his office and you kind of sit at his desk and he would talk to us about hockey for probably half an hour <laughs> before we did anything to do with the baby. And then um, he would be like, okay, just get undressed and sit in the chair right there. And like, literally I would just get undressed and sit in his chair right next to his desk. <laughs> and he would examine me. <laughs> it was like, the weirdest thing ever. No gown, no blanket, but that's just so European to me. <laughs> so European. What? So yeah, how about you? <laughs> oh, I've had, well, I, so I've only had one appointment so far. Uh, my next okay. 30 week is next week. So actually I think the same day this podcast will come out. Um, and so, yeah, it was funny. Just the differences. I do like that they do ultrasounds here and the doctor that I went to has a 3d ultrasound which normally back in the U.S. it's like $150 to get one of those yes where you can like really see their face um so we got kind of a good shot last time and I'm hoping I think 30 weeks is like the prime to get a good picture so I'm hoping that we get a good one because last time I was kind of like oh I mean I can't really tell if he looks like one of us which is always the fun part of seeing those right so yeah, for sure. I'm excited to go back and, and see, hopefully we can get, get a good picture, but yeah, kind of same experience for us, like, which I'll get into that story later, but yeah, there's basically like no gowns. They're just like, take your clothes off. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, okay. All right. We're doing this right here, right now. That's cool. All totally. Right. <laughs> yeah. And he, he would just be like, talking to Derek about hockey he'd be like I was watching your last game and you know blah 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 did this and it looked great and meanwhile he's like got the thing up me like examining my cervix and I'm like (laughs) oh my god can we not talk about hockey while this is going on (laughs) yeah that's so funny so in general for this pregnancy how has it been for you mentally physically emotionally I know that you've had a few like health things that is separate from your baby just with your back and everything um but besides Mm. that how are you feeling with COVID and everything yeah so the experience being pregnant during COVID has been completely different and I think um this is your first baby correct Mm -hmm. yep yeah so I mean for girls who are going through this through their first time I would say you know the expectations are not high for any sort of like you know doctor's visits right now like a lot of my stuff has been on zoom so I've had virtual appointments with my OB basically every other appointment has been virtual so I've gone into the office to see her I've only had two ultrasounds and one was like my dating scan um so I haven't seen the baby much at all and Derek wasn't allowed to come to any of the appointments with me because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So it's been a completely different experience this time around. And I just, I I feel so sorry for the girls. Like this this is their first time around. I think emotionally it's hard, you know, like you want your partner there. Um, And it's such a fun thing to experience together. So I really hope that things change. I mean, the good thing is, is that now they're allowing a support person for the birth. And I know there was some talk at the beginning of COVID that you weren't even allowed to have a support person for birth, which is absolutely nuts to me. No, that is not okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't like if, especially like, okay, have a protocol in place, have a test ready that can get instant results that like, and if not have some, have like a parent or something there that can go, if your husband were to test positive or something like, I think that is complete BS. Absolutely. People aren't allowing that. That's terrifying. 
it is. It's terrifying. It's like, I, I couldn't even imagine going through um, birth, like childbirth <laughs> without someone there to support you. I just, I couldn't even imagine it. And, you know, for a first time mom and dad, like that is such a amazing experience that I couldn't even imagine not being able to have your be there or your partner there. It would just be so hard. Um, anyway, I think, I think that this time around, um, mentally, you know, I've been, I've been okay. It's been harder this time around just because Derek obviously hasn't been as involved in the pregnancy and in, um, he's not going to be there for the birth. So that's been, that was definitely an emotional decision that we had to make. Um, and it was hard on both of us, I think. And we, we went back and forth and back and forth about, oh my gosh, should we do this in Austria? And maybe it will just be easier and we can hire some help once the baby comes so we can have help with our daughter, like Elizabeth. Um, but in the end, we just decided that it would be best for our family if I came back home to Canada and had the baby in Canada. Um, and at least then I would have support of my family because right now, as we all know, it family can't get over to Austria, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, with all of this COVID stuff going on because you need a visa. So that was really the main determining factor was that I wouldn't have any help. So we decided that it would be best if I just came home and had the support of my family. Um, and then you also mentioned some other health issues. I, I had a herniated disc. And I was diagnosed with that in February, literally like two weeks before we found out I was pregnant. So the timing of that was not ideal. Um, <laughs> but I worked through my pregnancy to, to get better. And um, I was basically better. And then a couple of weeks ago, it just started bothering me again. And um, it actually landed me in the hospital for about a week, which was not ideal being away from Elizabeth and being stuck in the hospital. But I think um, being here in, in Canada during all of this has been a blessing in disguise just because, you know, I've, I know that I'm in the right place and I have the right health care. Um, the doctors seem to have a good plan in place for my delivery um, with my back issue. So I'm, I'm happy about that. And I'm happy that thankfully I'm in Canada and not trying to deal with this in a different country where I don't speak the language. And, mm -hmm. you know, there are just so many so many different things that could go wrong um and get lost in translation so i'm, totally. I'm definitely thankful for that yeah yeah and how, have, like how are you feeling about delivering in in austria um i mean to be honest i am overwhelmed for sure i mm -hmm. am someone that runs like highly anxious anyways like i just I like to be in control. I like to have all of the facts. I am someone like hand me a checklist so I can know what to expect. And it's been pretty chaotic. And you know, I, I know I can get through it. I know I can get through birth. Like people do it all the time, but it's just the unknown that I don't like. And I think yeah. there's a bunch of factors on top of like the unknown of like, when is my water going to break to <laughs> what is going to happen at the hospital? Who's going to be my doctor? Like, it's just, there's so many questions and that there's a language barrier. So that's been, yeah, been difficult for me for sure. Um, and, and yeah, to be totally honest, this past week has been really, really hard for me emotionally. And I know as, mm. as for you as well. So 
I think there's just so much unknown with COVID and I'm hoping by the time that both of us go into labor, things are a little bit more calmed down and I'm curious. So I thought we could break up our conversation kind of by trimester because I thought that would be interesting because there's different, you know, each trimester has like different challenges and different peaks, I guess. So starting with the first trimester, what was like a perk for you of your pregnancy and COVID? I have mine, if you can't think of something right away. I think, (laughs) I don't know if it's necessarily a perk, but I mean, I was in Canada um, when this, when this all started to happen with COVID and we went in lockdown, like near the end of March. So I had to go see my doctor and basically I sat in the parking lot and they called me on the phone for when they were ready for me to come in. And, um, I walked in and here I am like no mask, nothing. (laughs) And I get to the door and the lady's like, um, she's asking me all the, the screening questions and she's like, have you been in contact with any, anyone who's been out of the country in the last 14 days? And I'm thinking to myself, no, I haven't. And she's like, okay, well, you need to wear a mask and you need to sanitize your hands. And I also need to have a copy of your appointment and where you're going so I can let you into the building. And I literally had none of that. (laughs) So so I actually had to go back home. I I don't live far away from my doctor, but I had to go back home and gather all that information and then go back (laughs) to my appointment. Um, And of course, Derek at that point was in quarantine because he had just flown home from Austria when the season like abruptly ended. And um, he, so he was, he wasn't even involved at all with any of those initial appointments because he was in quarantine at our cottage. He spent 14 days there before we actually saw him um, when he was home. So So, did did you come back early? Sorry, did you say that? I did, yeah, I came back early. I came back like end of February um and then all of this stuff started happening and I mean I kind of I'm I feel lucky that I came back a little bit early because I wasn't dealing with the stress of you know trying to escape Austria with everybody else because I know (laughs) how stressful that was for everybody (laughs) Um, (laughs) I made it out I did I made it I remember like texting Derek at like two o'clock in the morning Austria time I was like, oh my God, Trump just announced he's closing the borders. You need to book a flight tomorrow. <laughs> so anyway, it was I got a, I got a few of those texts <laughs> from my family back home. They're like, you guys have to leave now. <laughs> it was very, I know. very overwhelming. It was so crazy the way it all happened. Like it was, it was just so sudden and no one knew what was going on. It was so hectic. Anyway, what, what was your perk of your first trimester, your COVID perk? I mean, okay, so I didn't feel terrible my first trimester. I definitely didn't feel good, but I know a lot of people have it worse, so I don't really want to complain too much. I definitely felt, like, very nauseous. I was pretty tired. I didn't have a lot of energy. So my perk was the fact that we didn't have to leave and go do things, and it was kind of like an excuse, right? So I just could be at home and chilling on my bed watching Netflix and not feel guilty about it because... We were yes. in a pandemic, so I, <laughs> that's my perk, is that I didn't have to, like, cancel plans or pretend I was drinking when I wasn't, hanging out with friends or something like that if I was not ready to tell them um, that I was pregnant. So I thought that was kind of a fun little perk of it. 
Definitely. Yeah. I didn't even think of that, but that's so true because that first trimester can be awkward when you're not telling people and you're like, Oh um, yeah, I'll have a, a glass of champagne <laughs> and then you like pass it on to a friend down the table. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like that's I couldn't have like, too much of a sharer that I like definitely told the people that are closest to me, like my close friends too. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm pregnant. And I'm like, maybe I shouldn't be like, yeah, I, I told a lot of people, but then there's the people that you just like, they don't need to know that quite yet. So yeah. (laughs) And I find like in the hockey world, it's so hard, right? Cause we spend all of our time with our girls and, and the guys and it's like, you know, at the game, you always have like a, you know, a couple social drinks. Yeah. <laughs> we all love to drink at the hockey game. Um, so spoiler alert. that was hard too. Yes. Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> you can find me at the bar after my baby's born. <laughs> yes. Right after. Um, right after. But I found that was always a hard one too. It's like, you just, all the hockey girls are going to know because <laughs> you're totally. not drinking or, you know, you're not feeling well or something. So when you went back to Canada in February, did you know that you were pregnant at that time? And did you have an appointment in Europe first to confirm it? Or did you find out when you were already back? I did not. So that's the reason why I went home early in February is because that's when I found out that I had herniated my uh, disc in my back. So I came home here to start treatment with um, physiotherapy and to see the doctors about my drug plan and all that kind of stuff. And literally like two weeks into my treatment and all these new drugs that they had put me on. I was like, darn, you know what? I haven't had my period in like six weeks. (laughs) Um, And so anyway, it turns out I was pregnant. So my whole treatment plan and drug plan had to change immediately, obviously. Um, So I had to tell Derek over FaceTime that we were pregnant. (laughs) Yeah. Did you do anything like special or did you just kind of tell him? I like, I didn't do anything special. I called him. We were trying and we'd been trying for um, a good, a good while. Um, And uh, I just FaceTimed him with the pregnancy test, like in the screen. And he picked up and he was like, what's that? (laughs) You didn't even say hello. You're just like, here. (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't even say hello. I just like had the pregnancy test on the screen. He's like, what is that? I'm like, well, <laughs> we're pregnant. And Aww. we were both so excited because we really, we really wanted to have our kids close together and we wanted, we were like desperate for Lizzie to have a sibling. So we're really excited about it. Oh, that's so fun. But I mean, sad that it couldn't be in person, but that's <laughs> yeah, the so beauty of FaceTime. FaceTime. Yeah. The next yeah. best thing. <laughs> I don't know what we would do without FaceTime in this life. <laughs> yeah. Did you have any I know like so many people canceled their weddings and what goes along with weddings are bachelorette parties, bridal showers, all that stuff. Did you have any hard decisions that you had to make in your first trimester because of COVID such as like not attending something that you wanted to? We, so my brother was supposed to get married this summer. Um, and so was Derek's sister. So both of those were canceled. Um, and those were kind of family decisions that we made just because being pregnant and with COVID flying around, like we didn't know what the risks were, I guess, um, at first. Right. Mm-hmm. So we were being careful. Like I, we really didn't see a lot of our friends this summer at all. Um, unfortunately, because we missed them all, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, we didn't really see anyone at all. And we were just being extra careful because we didn't know what the side effects were for pregnant women. Um, and if it could be passed to the fetus, 
And I guess there aren't really many studies around that now. I mean, they're saying that it, it can't, the chances of it passing to the fetus are pretty low, but I don't think there's enough, you know, physical evidence to support that. So mm -hmm. we were just being cautious. My sister was also pregnant too. Um, she's due in three weeks. Oh, so. that's so fun. <laughs> yeah. So um, we, we formed our little family bubble and we sort of stayed in our bubble all summer because we just, we didn't really know. Um, yeah. It was definitely a very strange summer. Usually our summers are chock-a-lock with plans and it's like, <laughs> where the heck did June go? <laughs> because we're busy every single week, every weekend. Um, but this year, it, we didn't have any plans. So right. it was kind of nice though. We, we spent so much family time together and I, I enjoyed it so much. And I know Elizabeth did too. And so did Derek. We spent a lot of time at our cottage and yeah, it was really great. So you were, you, able, you were able to tell your parents in person. Yes. So we told my parents in person and I told Derek's parents in person too, but Derek wasn't here yet. We just FaceTimed them. Um, and then we actually did a gender reveal as well. So like within our oh. bubble, it was like my family and Derek's family, we did a gender reveal. So that was fun. What'd you do for um, it? He really wanted, so with our first one, he did a hockey puck. And for the second one, he did the golf ball. So. Of course. That's the, that's yeah. the guy's favorite. That's like hockey guy's favorite thing to do, right? The golf ball. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I was like, like okay, fine. Whatever you want to do. I was like, can we do like a cute balloon and like pop it and really pretty confetti comes out? He's like, no. <laughs> Anything to hit the golf ball. <laughs> yeah. So that was so much fun. Um, but obviously like we couldn't do a party or anything. So that kind of sucked. And for my sister too, like it was her, it's her first baby. So we did a gender reveal for her too, but no party or anything. So oh, did you guys do it together? Like, no, she did hers earlier than we did. Okay, so what's she having? And what are you and you're having she's a girl? Having, she's having a boy, yeah, and we're having a girl. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. So she's having a boy just like you. Yeah, that's so exciting. Yeah, yeah. we so I was with Charlie when we found out that we were pregnant. Um, we were trying as well and it, we had a plan to start trying in March and it happened literally right before this whole pandemic broke out. So as we came back into the States, I was actually pregnant, but did not know it yet. So we were dealing with that whole like shit show at O'Hare. I don't know if you remember seeing that. Um, I, do, I did that episode yes. with Kelly about it, but yeah. yeah, so we were in that. I was pregnant. We found out at um, his parents house and it was super super early like I found out before I missed my period but we wound up just telling them because we don't see them very often so we just wanted to tell them in person and then from there we went down to my parents house and told them in person so that was fun um, and then we live in Idaho in the off season so we drove back up to Idaho and that's where I started having my first appointments which I guess kind of leads me into my next topic that I wanted to talk about was like the OB appointments, right? Because mm -hmm. they couldn't come to any of them. And that was hard for I me know. just like, because it is my first baby. And I don't know, I'd be interested to hear if it was like hard for you or just kind of like you knew what to expect. But I think like, especially the, 
anatomy scan I was bummed out that he couldn't go to and I was just nervous about the first appointment going by myself um and yeah it's just it's different because they do only do two ultrasounds really over there your entire pregnancy so it's it's a little bit nerve-wracking and you want your your partner there for that and it's just it's hard when they tell you no sorry and there's no exception it's just all right well <laughs> I guess it is what it is and you just have to accept it I know it's it's so hard and I I think I said this earlier I mean being your first time around this just cannot be easy whatsoever I I I can't even imagine like this being my second pregnancy um not that it's okay because <laughs> I don't think it's okay ever to not have a partner with you when you're going through something like this but um for me it's been it's been okay just because my husband was there for the first baby and he yeah. was able to be at all those appointments um so I can't even imagine like I just feel for you girls going through this the first time and with COVID and everything, you definitely want someone there with you. I mean, I, it's such a weird experience going to an ultrasound by yourself and, you know, seeing the baby and listening to the heartbeat. It's just, you know, you, you really want your hubby to be there or your partner to be there. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I don't know, I know if your husband's like mine, but my husband cannot read or like understand an ultrasound picture. He's like, where is the head? I'm like, this is why you need to be at the appointments because I cannot like point at the head anymore. Like this is the head. <laughs> if you don't know, I don't know what to tell you. You know what, in all fairness, when they're so little, it's hard to tell. <laughs> yeah, true, it's just like kind of a blob. But it's I'm like, like this, how do you not see this? This is our child. I know. <laughs> so funny but you know what you mentioned the anatomy scan and that one is so cool I lo loved that one that was like my favorite scan and so you had yours done in the U.S. right yeah I did so did they you? actually walk you through it and like they showed you the anatomy as they were doing the scan yeah so they just basically uh I mean as you know they measure just every little thing and make sure everything looks normal yeah. um so yeah it was it was pretty standard it was like it was a long appointment probably an hour and 15 minutes yeah were you in Canada or Austria at that point I, oh, wait no you were in Canada so I had my yeah so I had my anatomy my anatomy scan in Canada this time around um and the experience between the two because I had my for my first daughter I had the anatomy scan done in Germany and um, the scan that was done in Germany was so much more thorough and, um, just like I was, Derek and I were so much more involved in the process. Like there was a big screen in front of us. Um, and we got to watch everything that the doctor was doing and she explained it all to us as she was doing and measuring it. And then she was showing us like the way the blood moved through the heart and she was explaining it all. It was it was so thorough. And then my one this year, my expectation was that, right? Mm -hmm. From what I experienced in Germany. And then my one this year here in Canada, as the ultrasound tech was doing it, she didn't show me anything. She didn't, you know, she didn't tell me what she was measuring. She didn't show me anything. I just saw the images after the fact. So oh, I found really? that interesting that it was like, yeah, I found that interesting that my experience was totally different um, for that particular scan. That is kind of weird. I because you would think yeah. they would tell you that regardless. I mean, it's like, well, is everything okay? Like, I, please. Well, and that's the thing, right? This. You're like, I'm like sitting there for like an hour and a half. I'm like, oh my god, she's not saying anything. What? I make it have like a third arm or something. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> that's so weird. Huh. Yeah, so weird. 
But okay. um, so when you were pregnant in Germany, I'm curious, did you struggle with figuring out what had to be done and where you had to go and how you like, how were you able to, to handle that for your first? So I think honest, honestly, I think I lucked out with the doctor I had because he, um, he was used to seeing the, the hockey girls. I think I told you this before, like literally yeah. everyone from that team went to him. <laughs> so I think he was used to seeing the hockey girls and he was just so good at explaining the system and what we needed to do and what appointments we needed to have. And, um, if we were going to be delivering there, he was so good. He said, here's where you should go and you should go make your appointment at this time. And cause I know, you know, in Germany, at least you had to make an appointment before you went to give birth, to have a tour of the hospital and actually register at that hospital. Um, I'm not sure if it's the same in Austria, but, um, he was, he was amazing. So I feel like I lucked out with the doctor and the care that I had, but if I didn't have him, I feel like it, it could be so overwhelming because I would have nowhere to start. Like I would have no idea where to start. And that's why I think this community too, right? Of girls is so important because we lean on each other so much, especially for stuff like this. Like when it comes to having a kid in a foreign country, I mean, lean on your hockey girls because, you know, at least one of the girls on your team has gone through it. Um, totally. So she's got to have good advice for you. Are you finding it difficult to navigate the system? Yeah. So, I mean, I, like I said, I'm someone that wants to know all the facts. So I love hearing people's experiences and stories. And I've mm -hmm. talked to the girls here that have had babies and yeah, it's, I don't know. It's been really hard for me. I, so I actually went to the doctor that a few of my friends here have gone to for their babies, but the way that it works, and I don't know if you had a similar experience, but we have public insurance. Mm -hmm. and the doctor that I'm going to is a private doctor. So we're actually paying her for the appointment. So she's not public. Yeah. Um, so my mindset kind of going into it was, okay, well, they've gone and they liked her and they had a good experience. So I'm just going to go to her because I don't really want to deal with figuring that all out by myself and they can kind of speak to, to who she is or whatever. So, and so my very first appointment with her, of course we were late. Of course we couldn't find parking. <laughs> we left plenty of time. We left like 30, over 30 minutes early, but so we kind of walked in a little bit flustered and my husband was parking the car and then he's ringing the doorbell to the building and she's getting annoyed. And I'm just like, okay, sorry. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> And so we're sitting, and this is like the story I was going to tell you, but we're sitting at her desk and she's asked me all these questions and she, so she speaks good English, but she definitely goes over the medical jargon in German. And oh I am like, no German. I don't know any German. I know like, Danke, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like, like the two words, right? So I'm just yeah. like, she and she's talking kind of fast and I'm sitting there and I'm trying to follow what she's saying and she's talking about like the Mutter Kinder Pass and I'm like okay she keeps saying this word over and over and I don't know what that is so I said I'm sorry like what is that you know because it's this is my first appointment of course like, oh yeah. it's, this is the pass that you need basically you bring it to every single appointment and they like 
the doctor or whatever will will basically document everything in this booklet. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're sitting there and like, okay, um, you can drop. Which, your- by the way, I think is the coolest thing ever. I think that they should have that everywhere in the world. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it actually is cool because then you don't have to explain everything every yes. time. You can just look at it and be like, okay. Yes, I think it's amazing. I actually showed it to my OB here. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. They could make a killing. <laughs> they got yes. invent that over there. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, yeah. keep going. <laughs> so she's like, okay, you can drop your trousers now. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm standing there and she's like fiddling around with something in the corner. And it's just like me, Charlie and her. And I'm like <laughs> standing there. I'm like, him and I are looking at each other and I'm like very modest just in general so I'm like oh and I'm like not taking my shorts off because I'm just like am I just like right here I I mean this is just so awkward so then I said oh do you have like a like a towel or a whatever those things you know the the paper things to put over myself because I'm just like I'm supposed to watch walk butt ass naked across your doctor's office she's like oh no we don't do that here (laughs) <laughs> I'm like okay so I just take my pants off and I just fold them and like set them on the chair and I'm just like pulling my shirt down walking across this huge doctor's office just butt naked and then I get onto the the stirrups or whatever and Charlie's down at my feet I'm like all right <laughs> you might want to come up here <laughs> like, come like up stand over head. here behind my head behind yeah. my head <laughs> <laughs> and she's like we don't need you right now you can go sit back down and he's like, oh, all right. <laughs> so he goes and sits back down. And um, yeah, so we did, she kind of measured some things too. My my baby's measuring huge. He's in the 95th percentile. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So he could really come. I mean, they're measuring him like two weeks early. So we shall see. Are they really? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And I know when we conceived, like I was, I was tracking it. So it, yeah, we, we'll see. <laughs> You're going to have a big boy on your hands. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We were both big babies though. So. Oh my gosh. But chubby babies are literally the cutest things ever. <laughs> they are cute. Yeah. I'm oh my scared God, for the like. The rolls. Oh, so yeah. Cute. I mean, hopefully my vagina will be okay. Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully I will pray I feel, for your vagina. <laughs> I feel weird saying vagina on this podcast, but. Whatever. I know. I it's mean, weird. <laughs> like we all know what happens. So. Yeah, so after that, like, not to go on some huge tangent, but um, then my glucose testing, I don't know if you did that. I mean, you must yes. have done that in Europe. So, yeah, so then I had to go to some place downtown, had to figure that out, did the glucose test, and then she called me and was like, hey, so for those that are, like, maybe trying to get pregnant or have that coming up, you basically, how it works over here is you take three tests and you're there for, like, two to three hours. So they take your fasting blood, then they take your, then you have to drink this really sugary drink. I looked it up. It was like 50 grams of sugar or something (laughs) wild. I'm like, oh God. And it tastes Um, gross. (laughs) Yeah. It wasn't as bad as I thought. Did you think it was bad where you were? I, it's, I had this orange one and it was just so gross. I couldn't stomach it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's hard because you have to fast. And she was like, if you grow up, like we have to start over. And I had to go to the bath and I'm in the bathroom and I'm gagging because I thought I was going to, because I had no food in my stomach. So, (laughs) so she took, so I had to do, 
and you have to place within these numbers, like yes. these brackets. And so she called me and was like, Hey, for the first test, your fasting blood test, you place like really high. So you, I guess over here you have to get between like a number and 92 and I got a 92, but then my other two, I passed with like flying colors. So I guess my fasting one was high. So she was like, since your baby's so big, like we need to make sure that you don't have gestational diabetes. Right. So anyway, long story short, she just like, hasn't been very helpful. Like she just kind of tells me like, okay, this is what you need to do. Okay. Bye. And it's been frustrating because uh, like, thank God for the girls on the team, because I literally would have no idea like where to go, (laughs) what to do. (laughs) And so I have to go pick up some machine now and track my blood for a week. Yeah. And I know I don't have it. Like I, I mean, I don't think I do. So I have to do that. And then, um, yeah, I'm kind of thinking of like trying to see if I can switch doctors. Cause I sent her a message and, and just was trying to be like honest. And I'm like, Hey, I'm feeling really overwhelmed. I need some extra support. This is my first baby. And you know, I don't know where I'm going. We don't speak any German. I would love like any help. And she just like read my message and didn't respond. What? Yeah. She didn't respond to you? No. And I'm like, oh dude, gosh. I'm paying you to go like to see you. And I just feel I feel a little bit let down, but hopefully yeah, I'm going to go to her for my appointment next week and then we'll see. Um, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. yeah. Is she, so is she the doctor? She's not the doctor that would be delivering, right? Yeah. And that's the confusing thing. And I don't know if it's the same for you, but it's like you go to a doctor throughout your pregnancy and that doesn't mean that doctor is delivering your baby. Yeah, that's, I mean, and that's the experience I've had everywhere. Like, well, not everywhere, but (laughs) in Germany and in Canada, (laughs) like my, my doctor in Germany, he wouldn't have been the one delivering and same here in Canada. Like my doctor here, if he's the doctor on call, he's the one delivering, but if he's not, it's somebody else. Yeah. And I think in a perfect world, it is kind of interesting that they do it that way because if you're anything like me, like I want to feel comfortable and yes. Like not like I was feeling really bad because I said, okay, look, these girl, I was telling my husband, these girls on this team love this doctor. I was like, what's wrong with me? But then like one of my friends was like, Hey, like you need to be comfortable. This is, you know, you you don't have to feel this way just because like we like her. It's, it's your pregnancy. And, um, no, but I totally, I, I agree with you. You don't, you don't need to feel that way. And if you don't feel comfortable with her, then I would seek other medical help. Like I would see if you could get a different doctor for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just think it's weird that like, if you see someone throughout your entire pregnancy, it's like, I, I see this person cause I like this person or whatever your reasoning is. And you might have someone come in for your labor. That's just like a hot mess and you just <laughs> make you feel overwhelmed. And I don't know. I think it's weird that they don't do that anywhere. I know. I know it is weird. <laughs> Cause it's like that in the U S too, where you just, it's basically whoever's on call working. Um, and that's who delivers the baby. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's definitely weird. It's, um, you would think that they would have like a continuum of care, but it's, yeah, it's definitely not like that. It's very strange. So for your first, she was, she was June baby, right? Yeah, she was June. So we, Um, we delivered in Toronto and I obviously for the hockey season, um, my doctor in Germany took care of me. And then when we got home in May, I found a new OB, um, and he took me on for the next like 
six weeks when I had my baby. So, um, and he didn't deliver her either. It was a different doctor who delivered her. So, okay. yeah, that was kind of weird <laughs> as well. Cause I switched OBs like a month before my baby was due, but, um, it all, it all worked out and just for you, it will too. Everything will work out and you'll have a healthy baby and a healthy mama. Totally. Um, yeah. But it's, it is, it can be sort of an uncomfortable situation when you don't know the person who you're dealing with and having a baby is a big deal. <laughs> like it's, it's yeah. not a small deal. <laughs> yeah. So I totally sure. understand where you're coming from. <laughs> so when did you fly back to Salzburg? We flew back um, end of July. I think it was like July 20, 25th or something or 26th. Okay. So you were there for like a month or how long were you there for before you decided to go home? And will you tell everybody just a little bit about your situation with that? Sure. Yeah. So we, we, did, we actually decided before I came to Salzburg that I was going to be flying home to have the baby. Um, and so we so we came in July and one of the major reasons I wanted to go was because of this whole visa situation with COVID. Um, so the team had told us originally that we would have to be there in person to renew our visas and then they told us they found out through the, um, the consulate that we didn't actually have to be there in person and that Derek could have just signed all the paperwork for us to renew our visas. Um, oh, no. Anyway, I know. Save anyway, we trip. just <laughs> save us the trip. Anyway, we Elizabeth and I still went. Um, so we went for a month, basically the month of August, and um, I ended up leaving a little bit early because my back started acting up again, and I really, I was starting to feel like it was getting worse and worse. So I made like a quick decision and we booked a flight like in three days and um, we left August 21st, I believe, and came back to Canada. And um, since then, I've been in the hospital, basically. I did my two weeks of quarantine because Canada still has mandatory quarantine. So I did two weeks of quarantine and we got home and then basically I've been in the hospital ever since with my back issue. Um, so that hasn't been really fun, but I think that's the doctors have that under control now. Again, I've changed OBs mm -hmm. <laughs> um, to a new OB who they deal with high-risk pregnancies. I'm not considered a high-risk high pregnancy, but because of my back situation, I'm on um, drugs right now that could potentially um, cause my baby to get an addiction. Um, closer to delivery. So they want me to be in a place where they have a team of pediatricians and a NICU just in case she does have to have some extra attention when she's born. So that's all that's happened in the last week. <laughs> yeah. Does that um, give you anxiety thinking about for that? For sure. Absolutely. Yes. I have been emotional and anxious like this whole week, but um, I think I feel good about the care and the team that is taking care of me. So, you know, one step at a time mm -hmm. and I just have to be strong because obviously I have my baby girl at home and my hubby in Austria. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, just, just trying to 
just trying to keep calm and know that it's all going to work out in the end. And hopefully we'll get back to Austria for the rest of the hockey season once um, the baby comes and this all blows over. So, so that's our plan is to get back to Salzburg um, once the baby comes and I'm feeling better. Well, you sound so strong to me. That is like, <laughs> that's such I, a hard decision. And I just applaud you for your outlook because I think you would be handling that a lot better than I would. And I'm just really sorry that you have to go through that stress because it's already stressful just being pregnant. I think, I mean, yeah, just, just the unknowns of it. Right. And then you're not with your husband and then now you have this to worry about. So it's, it's a lot. It's, it's taxing and your hormones are all over the place. It is. I have had a few breakdowns. I'm <laughs> not going to lie. That's allowed. <laughs> there have been a few crying moments where I'm like, I can't do this. Um, and you know, I think, I think about this hockey life, I think for me emotionally, right, this time around, it's definitely a lot harder because obviously Derek can't be here for the birth. And that is really I think that's taxing on both of us, like not only me, on him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I'm not the first hockey wife to go through this. There are definitely a lot of hockey families, probably some listening right now, who have gone through this and their hubbies haven't been there for the birth because he's either on the road or they're in different countries. So I know this happens. And I feel like us girls, that's just what we do. You know, We do what's best for our families in these situations that aren't ideal. Um, and we... We hold the pieces together and at the end of the day, we seem to get our shit together no matter what. (laughs) So I feel like us girls, you know, the other half, it really takes a special person and it requires strength and compassion and a little bit of compromise here and there and really a a resilience, right? That I think us girls are really amazing. And (laughs) I, no, seriously. And I think that- we're really lucky to live this hockey life and it's an amazing experience and I wouldn't trade it for the world, but it can also be hard. And I think that, you know, we need to accept that sometimes that we make these hard decisions for our family. Um, but we all support each other and we can get through it. So I'm looking forward to meeting my new little girl and getting back to the hockey life. <laughs> yeah. And that's, it's just inspiring to hear you talk like that. Cause I'm like, okay, these things are just like setbacks that I'm like stressing over. And like the most important thing is that like our children are healthy and that we're healthy and we just have to like stay focused on like that end goal, right? Like all of this stuff that comes up is like so hard and we have every right to be like emotional and stressed. But when it comes down to it at the end of the day, like we're just going to be happy to have them. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I totally agree with you. And um, maybe we can meet up and our babies can meet. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I've never been to Salzburg, but like it's on my list because I feel like sometimes we just don't do anything on days off. But I'm like, okay, we actually like need to explore these areas. And it looks so cool. Do you guys like playing there? Yes, we absolutely love it. It is like a magical city. It's so beautiful. I like Austria to me is just dream. It's just so beautiful being so close to the Alps and I mean it's like a fairy tale when you walk around downtown Salzburg you definitely have to come visit yeah I would love to maybe sometime when like they're playing each other it would be fun to come up with a group of girls and it's like it's just so cool that this community like I feel like I know so many people just from connecting 
with everyone over Instagram and it would just, it would be really fun to meet you and Kelly and Megan. So it would, yeah, it's, I definitely will come up this year. Definitely. So when you decided to go home, I know that was like a plan when you flew over to Austria. Was Mm -hmm. that something you guys talked about for a while and came to that conclusion or like how, like walk me through that process for you? Yeah. So when we found out we were pregnant, um, in February, our plan was to deliver in Austria, obviously, um, during the hockey season. And then when everything happened with COVID, um, and things just became more unknown as the summer went on, we talked about it and talked about it. And we just, we decided that it was probably best for me to be here with family, um, and deliver here, especially with you know, some of these issues with my back that have come up, um, just to have the medical care and just to speak the language, to be mm-hmm. honest, um, totally. to be able to communicate properly. And I think I'm, I'm pretty sure we made the decision in June. Um, so it took us a while to come to that decision, um, that I would be coming home to have the baby. And I think it's the best decision that we've made I mean my hubby is so super supportive and he loves playing hockey I think we'll be playing hockey forever (laughs) (laughs) but um he also loves his family more than anything so he wants what's best for us and we we definitely decided that this was the best thing for us I know that would be hard I think as a husband too to not know how to like support you fully like being far away when are you planning on flying back out to Austria yeah so a lot of that will depend on you know how the babe is doing and how I'm doing um ideally we'd love to be there for Christmas Mm -hmm. so um she should be two months old by then so she'll have her first vaccinations um which I mean ideally I would like to have those done before we fly um especially with with everything that's going on in the world. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I mean, if we don't hit that goal and we end up coming in the new year, that's fine too. So um, we're just going to play it by year right now and really not have any expectations and just focus on, focus on our health before we focus on getting back to Salzburg. Will you have someone fly back with you to help with your daughter also? So here's the thing, right? Like my mom usually does fly with me. But because of COVID, she's, she can't get into Austria. So she could potentially fly with me to Munich, but then, you know, I'd be like, okay, see you later, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're driving to Austria. (laughs) So if those, I mean, if the rules change and she can somehow get into Austria, I think for sure she would come with me. For, for the birth of my baby, I'm really hoping that my husband can get home for a little bit because they have, it looks like the guys are going to have a bit of a break in the play from November 1st to November 10th, they don't play. So I'm, I'm not sure if the national teams are playing or if there's gonna be a national break or not. But um, if there is a break in November, I'm hoping he can come home for mm-hmm. just a couple days just to yeah. meet the new baby. I hope that the government of Canada um, gets rid of the mandatory quarantine aspect and hopefully that they just start accepting negative COVID tests like Austria is doing because mm-hmm you know, my husband can't come home for two weeks to quarantine and then go back and play hockey. Like that's just not happening. So yeah, I know. Well, and also like those, those, uh, breaks in November, they're usually that long, but then they only give the guys a certain amount of time off. But 
I feel like your team is very like family oriented and I feel like they would let him because the other days are just practice. So, or like, yeah. So it's like, if you have a new baby and that's such a hard decision, obviously. Well, I mean, if they have the time off, he'll come home, even if it's just for like two or three days. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've done that before. <laughs> How far of a flight so, is that for you? It's eight hours. Okay. Yeah. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. It's a direct flight, so it's not that bad. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So. so, so your family coming out is like to be determined, basically. To be determined. COVID. Yeah. To be determined. Yeah. We'll see what happens with COVID. I feel like, you know, a lot of us are up in the air with that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, that just comes back to like leaning on the girls because I, that's been something that's really hard is my parents actually haven't seen me pregnant. Like they saw me at four weeks pregnant, you know, like super early on, but they've not seen me pregnant and they won't be like, originally the plan would be that they would come out a couple weeks after my due date and stay for maybe a couple weeks. But now with how crazy the U.S. is, I don't think they'll be able to, plus they're like older. So I just don't know if I feel comfortable even having them come out. Cause I just, I don't, if something were to happen, I would feel so guilty and I would yeah. just like, feel that weight of that. So yeah, that's been kind of hard. Cause I, like my husband, I've told him, I'm like, I'm just scared. Like, I don't want to put that all on you. And I just don't know if you can offer me like all of the support I need to be totally honest. Cause it's like, I don't yeah. know what to expect. You only hear how hard postpartum is. And then it's like, I don't want to have these expectations. Yeah. And so I'm a little bit like fearful yeah. that they won't come out, but the girls have been amazing. They're like, if you need us to take your dogs out, like, let us know, like if you need this or that. So totally. Yes. And use the girls on your team. Like I know that there will be girls who will volunteer to help you and they'll be there for if you need anything. And that's, you know, again, that's what's so amazing about our hockey community is we always step up and we're always willing to help out other girls when they need it. And especially during this time when you can't have family there, like you are going to need their help. So don't be afraid to ask. I feel like that's something that new moms are so hesitant to do is ask for help but you don't be afraid to ask for help because you're going to need it and the last thing you want is like gosh i remember that when i moved to munich um the season after my daughter was born and i just everything sort of started crashing down on me and derek was on the road for a while and i you know i was just tired and emotionally drained and I remember texting one of the girls on the team like I just I just need to talk to somebody like you know mm-hmm. just need to get my mind off everything else that's going on and have like a half hour of someone else holding my baby while my husband's been on the road for three days <laughs> so you know make sure you do that make sure you reach out to the girls and you and you ask for help totally yeah, yeah. I know that's that's so good that you did that and it th- those are things you don't even think of it's like just, I need someone else to just take them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even for bit. half an hour. So even if you can have a shower and stuff, you know, it's, you, you know, when the season's on and the guys are busy, it's, it's hard. Like you're, you're managing the household on your own and um, the guys do the best they can, but it's hard when they're in the middle of the season playing hockey. Yeah. And luckily for us, the road trips are only like two days here, max. Yes. There is, there's just one I'm worried about. It's Innsbruck on November 29th, but I think he'll be here before then, just considering how huge he is, according to the doctors. So (laughs) I'm like, hopefully he's here. So everything's good. But if he's not here, you're not going to that game. (laughs) 
no, and absolutely not. And you should just be like, oh my God, I feel like my water is breaking. Yeah, we need to go to the hospital. <laughs> like you, we need to go to the hospital. You can't go. <laughs> exactly. Just manipulate the situation. <laughs> yeah, I'm having really bad cramps. You can't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I think it's happening today. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. I know that you said you've been kind of like worried about your husband not being there for the birth. Who is going to be your support person? Yeah, my mom. So my mom is a rock star and she's going to, um, she'll be there for the birth and um, for the aftercare too. And she's just going to be my, she's going to be my person. So she helped a lot when my daughter was first born um, as well. So she's an experienced veteran. I feel like that'll be a really special bonding experience for you guys too. Totally. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about it. I know she's excited about it too, which makes me happy. And I think, um, you know, if she can FaceTime Derek, she will. I'm, I'm hoping that they kind of, they let us FaceTime him at some point so he can be there for part of it. Um, yeah. Which, which would be so awesome. Oh, that so would, yeah, we'll that see how it all works out. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see how it works out. I, I kind of mentioned it to the doctor once and he, and he was like, yeah, I mean, why not? <laughs> okay. Hopefully you don't have to be in that curtain giving birth. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. If I end up having a C-section, which it's on, I might have to because of my whole back issue. Yeah. Um, which I mean, is fine. I'm not opposed to that at all. But um, if I, if I am, then maybe I'll just hold him while I'm, you know, all drugged up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope your mom's better at like taking pictures and FaceTiming than my mom is. Cause like if, if my mom did that, there would be pictures like in her purse. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I got tons of pictures. It'd just be like blurry photos of like the inside of her purse. I'm like, mom, oh my God, that's such that. a mom thing. Yeah. <laughs> or like a super close up of your face. It's like just your eye. <laughs> yeah. Half shut. Yeah. <laughs> Crying. Oh man. That's so, so funny. funny. What about baby shower? Have you had one? So my sister had actually, she had ordered, or ordered, she had organized a baby sprinkle. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but no, what is apparently, that? apparently for your second baby, instead of a baby shower, it's a baby sprinkle. So it's like a smaller version of a shower, <laughs> which I thought was so cute. Um, yeah. So she's organized a baby sprinkle for me and it's just going to be like, my aunts and my grandparents and you know Derek's Derek's family so it's just gonna be small just something at my my parents house so so that should up, be good that's upcoming yeah it's upcoming yeah it is Yay. but we're also doing a baby shower for my sister and it's a zoom it's a zoom shower so okay I'm excited for that one yeah, yeah. how about you are you doing anything or um no I didn't get a chance to do anything before I like we kind of had to rush back because my visa was expiring. Um, but I was kind of talking to my mom and sister about doing one before we left, just going down to San Diego. And, and my mom was saying, oh, well, everyone would need to wear masks and this and that. And I'm like, okay, that is just not the vibe. Like I am not trying to do that with no. everyone wearing masks. So like, that's just not what I want my memory to be of it. So um, my mom was actually really sweet and sent out my registry to like our family and, and some close family friends. So that was nice because I got some awesome stuff from that. I mean, I just wanted to do something just to like get together. Like I love like little get togethers like that. Um, so yeah. we will probably do like a welcome baby or 
what are they called? Um, sip and seize after he's born and we're back in the States. So, which yeah. would be more fun anyways, because then people can actually like meet the baby and stuff. Meet him. Yeah. That's so exciting. Have you guys picked a name out yet? We have, I'll tell you, but I'm not going to put it on the podcast. Um, it's, <gasps> oh my God, I love it. That's <laughs> so cute. Thanks. Yeah. It's not a secret, but I just haven't announced it to the world. So I think we'll just wait until he's born. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'm into the unique names. What about you guys? We had, we're, we're like choosing between two still. We can't, we can't decide. And I, I don't know. It's, it's not, it's a see, it's a bit of a secret. I guess I'll tell you because you told me. Oh, you don't <laughs> so, have to. No. So we have, um, oh my gosh, that's so cute. Yeah, I like them both. So we'll see. You might, yeah. you might just feel it once you have her. Yeah, we'll see. I might just feel it. I don't yeah, know. You're gonna my husband's okay. leaning towards one than the other, so. Okay. We'll see. Well, I'm excited for your announcement to find out. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm Yay. excited for yours. <laughs> Thank you, my little co-host. <laughs> yeah. Oh my uh, God, so cute. You need to get him like a little co-host t-shirt. <laughs> I totally should. That's a good idea. I'm going to look that up after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> This is like so Kardashian status. Like I'm LOLing that I'm even going to ask you this, but like, you know how they, do you watch the Kardashians? I do sometimes. I'm not like a religious follower, but I have watched it. Yes. So they always talk about like the peak in the pit. Like if they have family dinners, they're like, what's the peak, what's the peak of your, of your like day and what's the pit of your day? So it's like, what's the best part? What's the worst part? So to wrap everything up, what has been the best part of your pregnancy what has been the worst part and can be physically emotionally if you have two that's fine also sure okay I love this question this is great so I think the peak for me was definitely finding out that it's a girl (laughs) Um, that was so much fun and I'm just so excited for Elizabeth to have a sister I have a sister my sister is my my best friend and I just I love the bond between siblings whether it's boy or girl but I know sisters sometimes have a little bit more of a special bond so I'm really excited about that um and my pit for sure is being away from my husband and not having him there for the birth I think that is definitely the pit of my pregnancy emotionally right and physically for sure my back because I I wish this upon nobody. Like if anybody ever has back issues while they're pregnant, hit me up (laughs) because we can talk about it and maybe I can help you through some exercises um, because I know them all now. And um, it's just been, it's been really brutal. So I'm excited to, you know, get to term, have this baby and then get my back better. So, yeah, I hope so too. Yeah, those would be mine. How about you? What are your peaks and pits? Well, I realize I asked you that and then I don't even have my own prepared. <laughs> so <laughs> I have to think about this. I put, I put you on the spot. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh my God, wait. <laughs> um, I would say the pit for me is, I'm going to start with that because it's been hard. Um, I... I would say it would be like just the stress of everything. I and I think that just the unknown has been taxing and tolling on me. Um, so that's been the the pit. The peak, I'm just, you know, happy that I have a healthy baby and I'm happy that my husband can be 
in the room with me, you know, that's just like, Mm -hmm. those are little things that I think that we take for granted, right? Like, oh, like my husband's going to be there for the delivery. And like some people literally like, like you, like you had to make that super hard decision. And I'm like very grateful that he can be there, but I have like so much compassion for you because I, I can't even imagine like that decision that you made. Um, but you're really strong. Yeah. I mean, like you're so strong for being able to decide to do that. I mean, that's not easy. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) It's, um, it's not easy, but like I said, we do what we have to do and, um, everything works out in the end for, for the better. So I feel bad that like my peak was your pit. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I didn't mean for it to be like, you're like, I'm so sad my husband can't be here. I'm like, I'm so grateful he can, but like, no, I just, I didn't even think about that. No, that worked out beautifully. (laughs) It was perfect. (laughs) What are some ways like that he, cause I know, um, other people, are in the same boat as you. And I, and even with like the bubble, right. In the NHL, Mm -hmm. people are happy to have their babies alone. What are some ways that he's been like supportive and that has made you feel good, like being a part and like ways that he can offer, I guess that emotional support for you. Yeah. I mean, my husband is the most supportive man alive (laughs) to begin with. So I feel like just being himself, he's, He's supporting me emotionally. Um, I mean, we do support each other both emotionally, I think, pretty well. Um, you know, we talk daily. He's involved in all the decision-making. He's involved in um, talking with our daughter every day. You know, just seeing her, too, I know really helps him emotionally and mentally. Um, and just, mm-hmm. I feel like knowing that we're going to be together all, you know, when all this passes and it's, it's all over and this will be like a little blip in our life that we have Mm -hmm. to get through. I think, you know, we both sort of have that attitude and I think clearly seeing it together and being on the same page is so important and just understanding that, you know, we're doing what's best for our family and supporting each other. Like, you know, we support his career and um, he's supporting us being home and we'll be together eventually. So I just think, you know, being on the same page for sure really helps and just understanding that you're both there for each other if you need it. I mean, I call him at all hours. I know he loves it. (laughs) (laughs) 3 a.m. you're like, I can't sleep. (laughs) No, and like, you know, he's taking a pregame nap. I'm like calling him over and over again, but um, (laughs) he's, he's great. He's awesome. I feel it. You know, he's so far away, but it feels like he's close. Oh, that's so sweet. And I hope you guys can FaceTime during your delivery. I will let you know how that goes. (laughs) Yeah, keep me posted. And if anyone wants to reach out to you, maybe the back pain or just feels connected to your story, where can they find you on Instagram? Absolutely. You can find me on Instagram. I'm Katie Joslin on Instagram. Um, Follow me, reach out to me, PM me. I'm also on Facebook. my name on Facebook is Katie Noble. It's my maiden name. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear from anybody and everyone. Yay, thank you so much. Thanks, Devin. It was a pleasure to be on today. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. See you next week.